All right. Uh, I'm Aaron Rhodes, and you're listening to the Shuttlecock Podcast. Uh, we are sponsored by the Vinyl Underground at 7th Heaven, offering new and used vinyl at 76 and Choose in Kansas City, Missouri. Today on the show, we have none other than Kansas City, Kansas's own Crystal. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, I like how you said Kansas City, Kansas. No, yeah, you, you had to correct me one time. I, I I think I had had written like Missouri somewhere, and you're like, it's Kansas. It's Kansas. Like, it's Wyandotte. It's Wyandotte. Is, is there anything like specific that like really just like makes you prideful about Wyandotte in specific? I I don't know. I think other than just being from Wyandotte, like it's like a thing. Like if you're from there, it's just like. It's all love. Everybody's family. It's weird. It's Waiko. Hmm. Do you do you feel like it? Like, I'm, I mean, Kansas City, like as a whole, like is like a small enough like kind of like community. Like if if you're doing hip hop or whatever, like you mm-hmm. probably know most of the other people doing it. But like, do you feel like KCK has like its own like kind of knit? Um. Like, as far as music and, like, arts, no, I kind of roll all of Kansas City mm. together. But then, like, I like to give a special shout-out to, like, people from Wyandotte just because it's, like, we're really super overlooked. Mm. But there's, like, a ton of talent in Wyandotte, a ton of talent that comes out of Wyandotte, and then everyone forgets. Like, we have a gold medalist that came from Wyandotte. And, like, what? You just don't – I mean, like, people forget. And then, like, Janelle Monet is from Wyandotte. Like, we were in the same school district. So it's, like, What? This is like this is Wyandot. Hey, don't forget, we're here. This is Wyandot. Don't forget the new new, <laughs> new slogan. <laughs> no, but uh, you have your new album out called uh, "The Awkward Mother." Yes, and that came out like on the thirteenth, Friday the thirteenth. Friday the thirteenth. Yeah. Ooh, is that is that a special? Uh, no, other than now? it was uh, my mom's birthday. Oh, nice. And so I wanted to. When I was looking at dates, when I realized I wasn't going to be able to drop it in June like I wanted, um, I wanted a date that, that like, fit. And oddly enough, um, Duncan, Duncan Burnett, who produced the, executive produced the album, he, like, was like, hey, Friday the 13th is, like, you know, July the 13th. It's a cool date. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, that's my mom's birthday. And he was like, oh, that's cool. So, like, the universal line, and I was like, yes, that's it, July 13th. Because, like... What a better way to honor the woman that, like, taught the awkward mother, mm. like, all the stuff that she knows. Is your mother as awkward as you are? Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's kind of quirky, mm. like me. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So we learned a few quirks there. <laughs> yeah. But she's super cool, and she's, like, super wise, and um, she's, like, an older parent. Like, people with older parents know, because those, like, parent kids who have, like, parents that are closer to their age and then there's kids who have parents that are like 50 60 plus and she's like in that area and so she's kind of like just really cool and wise now like but still kind of quirky little old black woman it's cool yeah did did you end up like learning like a lot of music or like like performance stuff like from her like yeah, I didn't even realize that I learned um, how to create songs from her. So, like, she, this is how quirky she is. Like, when we were kids, she would make up songs for us. So, like, when I was a baby, there's this one song that I remember, and it's, I've a dava dava one, two, three. I've a dava dava you and me. And, like, she just, like, creates fun little melodies. 
And then I didn't put two and two together until uh, Trey told me, like, oh, my goodness. Like, mm. you definitely get that from your mom. Like, just the ability to create songs on the spot and just have melodies, have words. But she never herself created music, so... Mm. Yeah, it's kind of funny, like, you're like, oh, did no one else know these songs that I was being taught as, like, a (laughs) five-year-old? Like, no, she made those up. Okay, cool. No big deal. Oh, yeah, that's that's cool. Like, she could probably even do, like, like jingles if she wanted to. She definitely does. Like, so that's, like, that's, like, her vein of, like, things. Like, she, she makes up stuff like that. Like, even when we were younger... They made up a song because I would get whoopings a lot. They made up a song about me getting a whooping. No. Yes, it was like crystals getting a whooping. Oh. It was like, and every time before I would get in trouble and get a whooping, they would sing it. Was it. like your warning. Yeah, it was. That's hilarious. That's, yeah, that's a little morbid, man. I'm, <laughs> that's crazy how you like just brought that memory back. But like, it wasn't like a terrible. Thing. It was it was funny now that I look back at it. They were making fun of me, definitely. And my mom was like the le- ringleader of them making fun of me. Mm. And, <laughs> it's cool. Love uh, you, mom. No, yeah. And on the cover on the the album art, um, it's like kind of a portrait of your immediate family. Yeah. And no, yeah. So I guess just tell me about like how the cover came together because it is like kind of a cool little portrait that kind of like gives nods to like a bunch of different aspects of your life and everything. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, when I first thought of like the Aqua Mother, like when it was like a concept and we're like, okay, so what is going to be the cover? And at first it was like this, like, oh, let's make it like really elegant and like different from, you know, your EPs. Uh, and then that kind of just kind of fell off. And it didn't fit really. And I just waited. So I like to wait for ideas to come to me versus like forcing them. Um, one random night, I was sitting with a group of friends. We were at the church. We call our house the church. Um, we were at the church and like it came to me and I was like, yo, I'm going to take a picture here on the porch. And like I saw the vision in my head of like what it looked like. Um, and I was like super excited. And then maybe like two weeks later, uh, a random, another random day, Alexis came over. She's, uh, the director of photography for a lot of my visuals. And she, we were just like, yeah, let's shoot it. And I was like, I trusted her and Trey to kind of stage the porch. And I was like, I definitely want this element in it. Like, uh, the Diana Ross album, just cause I really love Diana Ross, kind of like a staple growing up. All of my family kind of looks like her on my mom's side. So it was, it was a cool thing. And then um, I was like, make sure you have that and the piano. And then, like, however you guys want to stage it. Mm. So they kind of staged it together. And, yeah, we we shot it. And that was the, the shot that's actually the cover was one of the test shots. Mm. So we did other shots that we thought were going to be, like, the actual one. And it was just, like, the random test shot that we looked at. And we were all like, that's the one. And originally I had courage in like a Spider-Man shirt because I kind of wanted him to uh, show who he was in it. Like I wanted everybody to kind of be their own person like in our family. Because he's wearing like the whole mask. Yeah, he's wearing the whole Spider-Man suit. So actually Alexis was like, yo, he has a Spider-Man suit. Like he should just put that on. I was like, you want to wear that courage? And he had begged for months for that suit. So he was like, yeah. And he put the Spider-Man suit on. And Is he doing a thing where, like, he'll want to wear, like, a Halloween costume type thing? Oh, like, absolutely. At school and, yes. like, everywhere. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. It is horrible. It was about, 
it might have been 90-something degrees the day that we shot that. Mm. And he was comfortable outside in the spider. He's like, can I go ride my bike now? And I'm like, no, take that off before you die. Because it like zips up in the back and like it's nowhere to breathe. I don't know how he did it, but shout out to Courage <laughs> for that. Okay, and like uh, one of you guys is like holding like a hookah. Yeah, too, Trey think, has yeah. the hookah. Mm. So like it's just, we love hookah. And I don't know if it's mm. a thing, but like we've always had one since for years and years. So it's kind of like a... You know how, like, people have TVs in their house? So we don't have a TV. We've never had a TV, um, like, the entire time we've been married. Um, so that's seven years. I haven't lived with one. Mm-hmm. But, like, the hookah is, like, our staple. So, like, you pull out the hookah, and, you know, you're going to have, like, good conversation, and you're going to sit there for a while, and you're just going to, like, vibe. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like our vibe. It's definitely, a, definitely like, a personality trait of, like, our family, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So you'll have to catch up on Desperate Housewives, Housewives on maybe your laptop or something. Yeah, that's yeah. how I, so. I usually watch stuff on my phone yeah. if I watch things like Breakfast Club interviews and stuff like that. My phone or my laptop. Mm. You can really live without TV. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, even just like getting my, my own place and like, you know, you, you just don't want to pay for cable. Like, that's yeah, a it's like an unnecessary when you're like 21 and like. Yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm doing fine with just internet. But, like, I, I always looked at, like, I had, like, yeah, one like, everyone has, like, one or two friends growing up that, like, grew up, like, actively without TV, like, because mm-hmm. their parents, like, like oh, you should go outside. That's going to be courage. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, no, yeah, cause, and one of the, the friend I'm thinking of, though, is, like, way more, like, talented and, like, cultured and everything than like most people I know so I'm like that mm-hmm. was probably a good decision that's cool <laughs> yeah we'll see how it works out courage is really a he's really into the arts mm-hmm. so he he's always loved music acting anything with theater dance just he's really creative in that way so probably because he hasn't had tv yeah. um, we kind of limit screen time so yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it turns out when he's like 16. If he's either like a prodigy or like a weirdo kid that was homeschooled and turns out horrible. I don't know. Wait, are, are you doing like some, the, the teaching and everything? Or? Yeah, we've been homeschooling since he was, we started at like one, one or two. Hmm. Uh, he'll be six in September. So, yep, we're just trekking along, homeschooling, making our own curriculum, kind of figuring it out. And he's been picking up pretty easy, so. Nice. And yes, as far as uh, the new album goes, um, the first song is like a reworked version of uh, Badu, which was on, was it on the first or the second EP? It was the first EP, Quarter Century Living. Yeah, it was a super hip hop beat. uh, And I fell in love with it as soon as I heard it. Mm. And I knew a concept that I was going to think of. And so it's cool to see it like reworked into like this really vibey, like a like a neo like, soul yeah type thing. yeah it definitely fits like a like a sound of Badu if that makes sense yeah. so I really like that yeah what what made you want to pull that old song out and like put it in the context of so I had a show um, why not that social club they were doing that um, at the wine works place or whatever and so I had Desmond Mason D Mason come and he like played the keys live for me for that show. And that was his rendition, like, the chords that he heard mm-hmm. for Badu. And, like, since then, I was like, yo, I've got to re-record it with these chords. Like, it's got to be. 
Just the way that it was, like how he played it, was like super smooth, but still hip hoppy and like neo soulish. I was like, we got to do that. And so, um, I guess all the like months and months later, we finally uh, Timmy Tunga, or his name is Timmy Tunga on Instagram, but Timmy uh, plays the guitar, mm-hmm. super talented, heard the chords and just like figured it out and made that version and. It was super cool, like to to see it come alive like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, and even like when you had done it, like in the live setting, when I'd seen you do it a couple of times. I don't know if this was before or after you figured out the the new version, but like you would like have Duncan like playing like the drum pad and like just yeah. working the beat out like that, and then like easing into it, and it, it, that would happen again at the end, and you would just be rapping over like the yeah. drums he's punching out. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I definitely like. Uh, I like the element of like a live feel, you know? So like when you go to a show and it's live music, it's such a different feel than like album music sometimes. And so I like I I like this process creating this album cuz I wanted to bring that to this. So like live elements, so like a lot of the guitars and just like the drumming stuff that you would hear live. And just, like, the vocals, the same way that I was singing live. Like, I wanted to bring that to the album, so. Mm. And um, I know the first EP, Quarter Century Living, those songs were all, like, like beats you had found online. YouTube. On YouTube. So go do that. Find mm. YouTube beats if you're starting off, because it's easy. Mm. And was the second EP a similar? Like, no, the second EP, was, was, was the glow-up was all original. Yeah. Yep. Okay, and so the... The album too has also been all originals, original. no samples. So. Yeah. And so you were you just working? It was mostly like with Duncan working on. Yeah, all of them. All tracks one through seven were all with Duncan, and then the last track, track eight, was Desmond Mason. I heard that track in like a, like a sample kit that he had sent out, and I was like, "This one, I gotta do something to this one." And so we just set it up, and yeah, that was oh it it. I love it because it it, compl- it like made it from an EP to an album. Like I feel like it's what wrapped it all together. Mm. Um, so yeah, all of them were all originals, no samples. And was it Duncan playing on every song, or did you bring in other like people playing instruments? Yeah. So each those? of the songs uh, have different people that I had come in and kind of just add their own style to it. So Badu had like Timmy coming lay the guitar down. I had Adam, uh, Adam Slajman. I had him come and he did a little bit on one of the tracks. Uh, Jamie Anderson came and did some. Jeff Johnson did the bass on quite a few of them. And uh, Duncan filled it in wherever it was missing. So like some of the piano stuff um, and uh, some of the bass work on a couple of the songs. Did you do any piano stuff? Because I know you've been playing a little bit more, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, for one of the songs, oddly enough, I couldn't think of... So when when creating Suspect, that was the second single off of it, for whatever reason, there was like a mind block. Like we could not think of like what we wanted it to sound like. It was just like, we want this song and we want this concept. So what do we want? Like what, what do you hear? And um, that was actually a song that I was like, I think I hear these chords. I'm still kind of getting into free playing I guess and like just coming up with melodies on the piano on my own 
Um, so I was like, I think I hear this. And I don't know. He took that and like transformed it into suspect and it worked. So that's the only one that I did any piano work on. Yeah, and uh, But in the future, I'm working to do more of the like musical side too. Getting mm-hmm. comfortable with that. And um, what else? Um, okay, and it's kind of funny, like, Maybe maybe this wasn't even intentional, and it's, it's like it doesn't exactly work like this. But like some of the earlier, like the, some of the stuff at the top of the album is mm-hmm. like kind of more like positive, like soulful, like mm-hmm. self love type stuff, and yeah. like it gets progressively like a little more like aggressive and like weird as it goes. Like, yeah. is was there any like type of thought behind that, or I think when constructing the album uh there were just concepts and like song ideas and so I was just creating them uh just off of the experiences that were happening at the time and just like past experiences and stuff uh but then when like putting the order together yeah it was very easy to kind of piece it like how it was supposed to be so like starting with Badu and then going into some people um, going into out Al- like some people into alchemist, alchemist into over, and then at the truth, that's definitely the turning point that you're talking about. That's yeah. like track number five. Yeah, it's like it the flips, one, yeah. yeah. And then it's like that's even more aggressive, and it's like what's about to happen. And after like d- discovering the truth, finding the truth in myself, seeing the truth outside of myself, like oh, this is what I've discovered. Suspect, and then like healthy niggas, and then. We ended off with, it's weird. Like, mm-hmm. oh, after discovering all this truth, I don't really know what to do with it yet. But at least I know it now. You've discovered that lots of people are not really worth trusting and their yeah. motives aren't aren't that right. Aren't that, that good? Mm-hmm. And But if you tie it back into the beginning of the album, it's like, but there's something there that, like, like that they're valuable for, you know? Like... Mm-hmm even though your motives are, like, kind of trash right here, like, you still have value as a person, and, like, you just haven't reached that point yet where you've wanted to discover your own truth and live in your own truth. And so, yeah, it's it's cool. I'm, I'm excited to pick back up where it's weird mm-hmm. leaves off. As I guess, yeah, it'll be, a, like, a nice segue between this project and the next, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and um, another thing was that, like, I just noticed, like, listening to the project as a whole, like, even, even like, hearing your first two EPs, like, from the first one I heard, like, the on Quarter Century Living, I was like, you sounded just very confident and comfortable, mm-hmm. like, on the microphone, and, like, I, like, I thought it was, like, you know, pro-level, like, performance and confidence and everything. Right. So just to see it even elevated, like, a little bit, further on this project in my opinion like do do you feel like a lot more confident about definitely your your work since then absolutely absolutely so that's funny that you um that you say that about quarter century living because faking it till you make it making it works like um at the time creating that I was very I was very much though in a state where I was trying to figure out like at this, at that point, like how to do what I wanted to do. So like I figured, like okay, this is what I want to do, right? But how do I do that? Like, and then who am I, like inside of all of that? Like rediscovering who I was and stuff. So that's interesting that you said it sounded confident and stuff because it's like 
I mean, I'm I'm used to performing, so like of course there's that level of it too, like that level to it. But um, as far as like really being sure of myself, definitely not. So that that hints why Badu was like a song on there, like. That song, I didn't know who I was. Like, when the kids were making fun of me and they were like, you have an afro, like, oh, my... They used to call my sister, me and my sister, Badu and Macy Gray. So they'd be like, oh, no, here comes Badu, here comes Macy Gray. And then they would, like, start roasting us. It was terrible. So that's how that song was created. So, like, when I made that, I made that from, like, a place of, like, not knowing who I was. Like, dang, I missed it. Like, they were calling me Badu and, like, she's a legend, they were calling me a legend, and I missed it. Like, am I still that? Like, that's where I was when I first created the song. And so, like, re-remaking it, it's like, yeah, I'm that. And not only that and more, like, I, ha- I have value that I can add to the world. Like, I have wisdom and words and stuff. So, um, yeah, definitely uh, knowing myself a lot more with this album and being comfortable with that. Like, wherever it was... Like, whatever place I was in at the time of creating it, like, I was okay with that. I'm okay with that. And, like, that's part of being, you know, living in your truth. No, that's really cool hearing that, like, in the context of, like, that song being reworked. Like, because, yeah, I guess a lot really has changed in that time period. And to hear it in the new setting is really cool then. Yeah. But um, another thing I wanted to know was, like, I think it's... uh. Suspect and uh, Healthy, both of those songs, like, are, like, the more, like, aggressive songs yeah. on the album. Like, and, like, I just hadn't even really heard you rap like that in that <laughs> style before. Like, was did you, like, challenge yourself to do that at all? Yes. Or were, yeah? So. Yes. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. It, it's so cool when people hear, like, when people can hear what I was thinking. So, like, you, like, did you have to challenge yourself? And I'm like, absolutely, yes. I'm so glad you could hear that I had to challenge myself in that because it was a different, yeah, it was definitely a different vein. So, again, with Suspect, couldn't think of, like, the the words that I wanted to say. I couldn't think of, like, what is the sound? Like, what is it that I want to hear? Like, I have it. I have the concept, but I can't think of it. And that was another one, like, I don't like to force anything. So, like, I literally waited. That was the last song that was created. I waited until the last mo- You want to know the truth? Yeah. The week before Boulevardia is when I finally wrote the lyrics for that. The week before Boulevardia. So, I knew I had it. it. Yes. Yeah. And so, I knew it was going to be on my Boulevardia set, like, the whole time. But I had no lyrics for it. But I was like, this has to be on there. Like, this is a fun song. I don't know what I'm saying on it yet, but this is a fun song. So, like, I had to, like, just wait it out. And then I was like, yo, I'm just going to have fun. Like, just have fun. Like, what, what do you and your girls just naturally talk about? Like, what when y'all think of guys... What are some things that y'all just kind of clown guys about? Like, just random stuff. And that's how I came up with those bars. Like, it was just like, yeah, this actually feels really natural. Like, these are things that I actually say. Like, I just, and over, this is what I do when I can't think of ways to write lyrics. Um, I 
take notes on things that I'm saying, like just during the day. Mm. Um, so like in girl, we have, we have girls nights and during our conversations, I would write down fun lines that we would say. And we'd be like, yes, girl. Oh my God. And we would get super hype. So one of the lines, shout out to Brie. She, one day she was like, these dudes got me messed up. Like they thought I was a Honda, but I'm a Maserati. Like, <laughs> You thought I was, and I was like, yes, that's so good. And I've been sitting on that line for, like, a year. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, she said that maybe, like, a year and a half, maybe two years ago. And it just fit. Like, I was like, I finally got a song where it could fit. So I thought I was, you thought I was a Honda, but I'm a Maserati. Like, yes, it finally came to me. So she, she excited to hear that pop up? Yeah, yeah. she was. I, I, told, I told them, I told all of them, like, yo, you... Lyrics, I'm, I'm probably like stories and stuff that we share. You know, I might use those. So, but they know that anyways. Just bef- before any of this, they know I'm a storyteller. So, my husband and I write scripts. Um, so it's a chance that if like you know us and and we share stories with you, you share stories with us, it'll probably go in a script and stuff. So, hmm. but yeah, yeah, it was a challenge to write that. Um, and healthy niggas like. I wanted to, so I had a one of my friends, she was like, yo, this is a really sexy beat. Like, I just envision you, like, saying some nasty stuff, but you, like, saying some cool stuff. And I was like, yo, that is really good. Like, that's something that uh, that attracts people in a weird way. Like, it's just, like, people like to hear music like that. But I like to also, like, deliver, like, real shit, if that makes sense. Like, um... So like I wanted to, I wanted it to be like sexy and like a very you thought I was going to be talking about this but really though I'm talking about this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that one was fun to write. It was it was challenging. I had to also jot down a lot of ideas for that before I wrote it. Mm-hmm. And were there any like specific like rappers or even just like styles or like kind of regions that like really came to mind when you were like trying this new style out or was it something you kind of just felt out yourself? Um, I, no, I can't, I can't, none off the top of my head that like came to me that's like, oh, this person has done something like this. Those songs, I definitely was like, the closest reference I could get to them where I could be like, I want to talk about this, but I want to frame it in this way, um, was like Doo-Wop by Lauryn Hill. Yeah. Like, I like just how she made it very attractive in like a very real way. Um, and just like, it was like facts. Mm-hmm. Uh, those were like the closest that I could get to like references. And so I kind of just built off of that and created on my own. There were tracks on there that I... Uh, that I did pull a lot of inspiration from, like The Truth. Um, When Janelle Monae dropped the first two singles off of her album and I heard that, like, Prince feel um, on The Way You Make Me Feel, oh, man, I was like, yo, I want something like this. Like, this is quirky. This is, I want something like that. And so just kind of going in that same vein and was like, uh, at the time, me and Duncan were kind of studying print super heavy. And so I was like, yeah, we can do something like that. We can, we can give it a feel. And so that's kind of where that song was, got derived inspiration from. Mm. 
So you just end up listening to like a lot of Prince when you're like doing like at the church doing your sessions and everything. Yeah, like, I started. Yeah, yeah. Did, did you like, and watching uh watching videos mm. stuff like that? Yeah. Reactively, like kind of like breaking down anything, or was it mostly just like having it on, kind of like taking it in and all that? Um, taking it in, but then like there were specific songs that I would be like, oh, I like. When I when I hear a song that I like, I say, "Why do you like that song?" Um, so there were songs that I would hear, and I'm like, "Oh, I like the guitar part in that song," and then I like the way that it progressed, like the chord progression of that. Mm-hmm. Like that's attractive to me; it makes me want to listen. How do I make something that that makes people want to listen? And people are very predictable in that way. Like we all we all like the same stuff, like revamped, but we like the same things that we like. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, it's really cool when an artist can take the things that you like and then make it theirs, but you still like it. That was like my goal. So like, oh, I know everybody likes this, this sound. How can I make that sound mine? And then, yeah, that's Mm kind of how. And so like, like we were talking about, like some of the styles on these songs are like really different from what you've done before, but. There are like kind of the the chilled out like neo soul R and yeah. type tracks too. Do you feel like the way you approached crafting those songs was different from how you had before, or like is it just kind of like a progression in how you do like the R and B type stuff? Yeah, I was. I definitely allowed myself to be more vulnerable, so that the the songs where I can. Uh, I guess, like, the neo-soul type songs. That's my comfortable spot. Like, that's my sweet spot. I know how... I I can frame words very easily with those songs. Um, What I challenged myself to do was not only frame, like, the words and just, like, keep a distance from my emotions, but to tap into, like, my emotions while I was writing it. Um, So all of those songs that are like the slower ones are super, uh, I can remember every moment. I can remember every place I wrote those lyrics. I can remember the emotions that I was feeling. Like I was really attached in that process of writing those, which I hadn't been before. So like, it was very easy to write things off of the glow up cause those were chill. And I kind of distanced myself from like the emotions that would be attached to them. And, that was a safe spot. Um, but writing It's Weird, I probably, I was near tears writing it. Like, because that's a, like, I'm going to be letting people know how I felt about something. And, like, an experience that I had. Like, over, go ahead and break my heart so I can get over you. Like, that was, like, it's cool to hear now. But, like, in the moment when I first thought of that line, I was super duper fucking sad. Like it was It sucked But I allowed myself To go there So that I could Create Something that would be More intimate Like you know how To write lyrics We're not worried about that Like what do you Actually want to say What do you actually want to What feelings do you Want to put on this record So I challenged myself In that way With those songs cool. Like to raise the stakes mm. Oh yeah And so you were saying How you're finishing this writing right before you do Boulevardia. Right. And so, yeah, how was the fest? Was this, like, one of your bigger shows you've had so far? Yeah, it was the biggest show, festival that I've ever been a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was great. It was such an experience, yo. Like, it's weird 
it's not weird. It's normal. Like, I feel more comfortable on stage and, like, performing a lot of times than I do just in regular life. Like, it just, it's like a light flicks on, and then I'm there, and, like, that's it. And then I just, just go. So it was, like, super cool. The band was great. Like, we rehearsed, and, like, the energy was just, like, super in sync. Um, it was the first time I had a background singer, and it was my homegirl, Micah. She's amazing. We worked on the magazine together, and so I remember, like, just her voice was great. Um, she's also a performer, so it worked really well. Like, our stage presence against each other. It was just, it was it was a magical moment. Like, really, it was really good. Like, I enjoyed it. For it to be my first music festival, um, it set the standard really high. So, yeah, shout out to Chris Hagarian. He got me on there and just uh, all the people that came out because it was really good. Oh, yeah, and so it was It was you, Duncan, Micah. Who else did you have up there with you? Um, Duncan actually wasn't on my oh, set. No. Um, I had Jamie Anderson on the guitar, Jeff Johnson on the bass, which worked because they already played music on my album, yeah. so they knew it really well. Um, I had Anthony Harvey on the keys and Jason Betts the second on drums. Um, and he's a Berkeley student, and he just happened to be in town, grew up with him. Um, he was He's a lot younger than me, but, like, in the church scene, we grew up together. So it was cool to, like, have him be a part of my set. Oh, and yeah. ah, It was just great, yeah. So, no, actually, Duncan wasn't on my set. It was cool that we, like, had opposing sets. So he got to see my set, and then he, like, went to his set and killed, and I got to see that. And it was – it's so different, like, what can happen in a year. Because last year I was on his set doing just Badu. Like, yeah. I did one song, and then the next year did a whole set. So it was really cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, was was there any anyone else you caught at the festival that you're yeah Paige about? oh my goodness oh, yeah. she killed it was so good yeah, Paige Turner yes Paige Turner she was <laughs> yes I really enjoyed her set I really like her rendition of Ain't No Sunshine she killed I was really excited so yeah um, those are those are like the most of the sets that I saw I saw a couple people in between I can't remember a bunch of people but it was really hot. So oh, yeah, probably wouldn't want to camped out in long. the green room yeah. a lot. Um, and you've had like a couple other shows recently too, right? What? Yeah, what else? I'm trying to think. Yeah, um, at least like one like club show. Yeah, I get. I can't remember. I I just had one yesterday in uh, Lawrence at the replay. That's always. Oh yeah, that was with the CS Luxem. Yeah, and yeah, and Pigeon, Terra Pigeon. Terra Pigeon. Yeah. Uh, that his show is super cool. Mm. He like has his own stage set up and stuff, and, and like lights and project. It's crazy what one person can do. But um, yeah, no, that was really fun. I always love the replay. I don't even know like the sound is so good there. The sound guy is great. It's, and I feel like the people that come to replay are genuinely there to see who is about to go up. Yeah. Like they're just like we're here and we're open for whatever replay has to offer yeah the regulars like seem like very open-minded yes and just, like ready to dance whenever. and their energy is so good yeah and it's like a small enough like space too to where like you kind of have to like bump into people and yep like it could be 15 of y'all and y'all are good yeah like that is how the replay could, it could be 15 or it could be 60 and y'all will have just as grand as a time mm. like oh, i love the replay but tomorrow i'm definitely uh at tomorrow friday i'm at the Lawrence Field Day Fest with I Heard Local Music at the Jackpot. So, oh, I'm so excited for that because I get to do all new music. Nice. Mm. 
Is that going to be a you and Duncan set, or are you bringing the band? Or uh, it's just going to be me and actually. DJ Holy Lex is now uh, my DJ for my sets. And so she was a DJ last night. Super fun. It's so great. Um, So, yeah, she's actually going to be DJing for me on the set. And I'm going to be playing some keys, too. So nice. You you threw down, like, a little keys at the the show you did with uh, Nightcrawlers here. Yeah. Yeah, it's gotten so much better since then, too. So I was really nervous. That was the first time that I... That I played mm. It kind of gave me the confidence Because like Everybody was like Oh that was so good And I was like Yeah I sucked But <laughs> Yes We could do this But that whole Badu Like blackout And oh, then yeah, that was, was Still a monumental moment Still like You had to be there Type thing yeah. Like I'm always Going to be like This one time I was at basement party <laughs> Shuttlecock It was amazing Blacked out Came back Story will be told for years. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, that's super fun. I had a Cuddy Bear show because um, he released his album and had me on at the at the release. And I played the keys there, too, and that was really fun. Nice. So just a couple of things here and there. And are, are you happy with, like, how the, the newer material has been sounding at the shows and everything? Like, what, what songs have you been bringing out? So far, I've only done Suspect and Some People. Um, I tried out the new Badu. But... Badu to me is just Badu, so, like, I'm kind of used to it. Um, but Suspect last night, let me tell you, it's really good. Like, I love that track live. And it was cool to see, like, there were, like, maybe five women there, but then it's, like, a bunch of guys, and they're all, like, Suspect. And I'm, like, yeah, I'm <laughs> rapping about Suspect guys, but it's cool. Like, I'm glad y'all enjoy it. So that was really cool. That was cool to see. Mm. And that's my favorite one so far to do live. I really like some people though. It's a groove. Mm. And uh, yeah, so as many people know, you are a multi talented artist, musician, performer. Yeah. Uh, how has uh, the improv stuff been lately? Great. You guys should mm. come out to Comedy City and come see. But it's. It's super fun. Like, every week at rehearsal, learn something new. Just, like, just better performing techniques. Um, It keeps you on your toes. And so just as a performer all around, that's kind of necessary because you never know what you're going to get from show to show. You don't know what your crowd is going to be like. You don't know what your sound is going to be like. You can't really control things outside of yourself. Mm -hmm. And so it's really cool to be able to, like, gain control of yourself by just being able to be on your toes and say yes to whatever's happening. And that's kind of what improv, not kind of, that's absolutely what improv teaches you. It teaches you to say yes. So like if you're at a show and the music stops working, you say yes and I'm going to keep going. Or if like there's nobody there and you're like, yes, and I'm going to rap for three people because I've done that before too. Like it's just like a, it's, it keeps you fresh, I guess. Mm. And so I really appreciate that. Uh, shout out to Jim Montemayor. He's the guy over at Comedy City. He definitely challenges us as actors and performers to to give our all every single show. So it's a lot of fun. I love being funny. Um, I love laughing. Um, and it's it's a great place where I like my quirkiness like pays off. Mm. So 
And yeah, how has uh, any have, have you been up to much like theater related stuff? Yeah, you said you've been writing scripts. Is that uh, yeah? I w- stuff, always or? always writing scripts, um, but mostly for like screenplay okay. uh, type stuff. But I recently just got casted in two theater plays for this upcoming season at the Casey Melton Pot. So be on the lookout for those. Um, one of them was like a super long name, can't remember, and the other one's Funny House of a Negro. Um, and so those are like dramatic pieces and like actual theater pieces. But I also really like doing that because it challenges me to uh, tap into that emotion. So it's weird. Like I have a lot of fun. Like in my music, if you hear like suspect and healthy niggas, it's like, oh, you're having fun. And then you hear like over and it's weird. And you're like, whoa, that's really intense. That's the same way with like theater. Like I get to have a lot of fun with like improv. And then I go over here and I do like actual stage plays and um, get a chance to work with like a lot of great people in the city. And you know, it gets to get that release out. Yeah, it sounds like you have just, like, an avenue to express, like, every different little thing you want, so. Yeah, creative people need that, you know. kind of go crazy in your head sometimes, which is probably what happened before I was, like, creating as heavily as I am now uh, via my own outlet. So, like, the magazine I was definitely creating, but I was creating content for younger girls and, like, uh it wasn't it wasn't so much for self expression so much as i was like giving material for other people to have and giving chances for other people to have self expression cuz as an editor in chief you know like you're really giving opportunities for people to use their voice you do every once in a while like when you're writing your pieces but for the most part you're opening the avenue up for other people. Yeah. And what you're writing about is often not about you. So. Yeah, and it's yeah. not about you. Like, it's about whatever topic that you're choosing to. Yeah. So with music specifically and with acting specifically, it's like, oh, this is about me letting out things that I want to let out. Well, to be selfish a little bit. So. Yeah, yeah, and not make me feel so crazy in my head. Yeah. And, um, no, but... Is there anything you can tell me about, like, whatever screenplays you're, you're working on? Like, how long have you been writing stuff like that? Um, since 19. Hmm. Yeah, 19. Um, yeah, we're... Oh, I don't like to spill the, I don't like to spill the beans. Okay, but no, we're, we're no, working no. on some fun stuff. Me and Trey are working on some, on some really cool screenplays nice, and nice. Uh, scripts for... that. That kind of channel what you see in the picture of the aqua mother. Mm. And every time we have an interview, I'm going to figure out something new and weird that you're working on. I'm like, oh, I didn't even realize that before. (laughs) Yeah, I've been working, writing screenplays for a really long time because it's always been a been a thing of ours. And it's it's so odd, like when we meet new people, like and they and they get to know us, and they're like, wait, you do this, 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 and you do this, and we're like. Yeah, we've kind of always been doing it, but it's cool to like be recognized for it now. Like I've I've always made music, but it's cool that like now is the time that people are like tapping into the stuff. Cause this is this is the music that I would want people to know about me and like hear about me. So yeah. it's cool. Um is there anything we didn't get to that you want to talk about? Uh, uh, anything coming up that you're excited about and yeah, just come out to Lawrenceville Day Fest on Friday. I'm super excited about that. Just, oh, I like new music. I think as an artist, when you create new music, 
um, create new things. You're just ready to showcase it. And it's been such a long time that I've been creating this album. Probably last year, October of last year is when I started. Um, it's been such a long time that I'm like ready to like put this fresh sound out. So I'm excited about that. And then August 15th, I have a show. Um, I can't remember. I'm going to be honest, guys. I suck at remembering shows, so I have to post them. So go to my Instagram, and you'll see where everything is. uh, Where can everyone follow you and find your music and everything? Uh, Crystal with a K-H. So on Instagram, Crystal with a K-H. On Twitter, Crystal with a K-H. And if you just type in K-H-R-Y-S-T-A-L in, like, any streaming service, it'll pop up. Yeah, you got uh, Apple, Spotify, Tidal. Tidal, Google Play. Pandora, all of that. Awesome. Um, and yeah, people can uh, follow at Shuttlecock Mag on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, you can visit shuttlecockmusic.com to read all the articles and see all the stuff on there. Uh, you can visit shuttlecockmag.bigcartel.com to buy a t shirt, a photozine, or a button. And um, don't have any shows coming up that I have booked, but just look out for those. But, yeah, I appreciate you being on the show today. It was good talking to you. Yeah, thanks for having me, Aaron.